Hello there, and welcome to KDL's Stump the Librarian podcast, where your friendly neighborhood librarians put their research skills to the test to answer questions from you, the listener, or your Girl Scout troop, your Uncle Bob, or your next-door neighbor. I'm Jill, and I'm joined by my librarian friend, Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi, Jill. So I have a question for you today, Liz. Great. Do you have a favorite fictional character? I do. Mine is a a picture book character, and it is the pigeon from, like, should you let the pigeon drive the bus? Don't let the pigeon drive the bus. Um, Don't let the pigeon stay up late because he's always flapping his wings around, and that shows either he's mad or he's excited. So he's my most favorite read-aloud character, and I really identify with the pigeon. That's good. Yeah. Would you let him drive the bus then? Absolutely not. No. Okay. All right. Just checking. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of favorite fictional characters, but I just changed my answer right now after hearing you yours. Did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that it is um, Gerald from Elephant and Piggy. <laughs> I love Gerald. Yeah, I do too. Um, my coworker, Miss Abby, and I did a read alouds of Gerald and Piggy on Instagram live. Fun. We were all shut down. It was so fun. And I just wore an elephant, stuffed elephant on my head to be Gerald. Perfect. <laughs> Gerald's kind of a thinker sometimes. Yeah, he is. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think of like, should I share my ice cream? And he's yeah. thinking a lot. Exactly. He's, he's yeah. He doesn't just like dive into things. Right. He's got to slow To puzzle it out a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's awesome. why I like him. So we have some exciting questions today. We do. And I might have given a hint in the Girl Scout troop clue at the top. <laughs> so I have a Girl Scout troop, and they're they're older girls, uh, maybe a little bit older than kids who listen to this podcast. But we had to study um, nocturnal animals for a badge we're working on. We're still working on it. It's called the Night Owl Badge. We have to go on a night hike and listen Uh-oh. to night animals. Exciting. Yeah. But we came up with like a bunch of good questions about nocturnal animals, and I thought... We should answer those. Yeah. So if your Girl Scout troop has some exciting questions, send those to us because we'll answer your questions. So we kind of had a general idea of what nocturnal animal was, but we had kind of questions within it. Like what What if you see a nocturnal animal during the day? What does that oh, mean? Yeah. Sometimes you see raccoons. Yeah. Are they, are they a nocturnal animal? They are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or we had another question like are insects and water creatures – can they be considered nocturnal? Because most of the time you think about like mammals, you right, know. Right, right. Uh, what about deep sea where there's like no light? Can that right. be considered nocturnal? So those are all questions that we had that we didn't really, we just figured out what we needed to for our badge and we're like, we'll leave those other questions for later. So those are great questions. They are. They are. So I'm going to answer some of those right now with my question, what is nocturnal? Okay. So the basic definition, which we did know, is that a nocturnal animal is one that sleeps during the day and is active at night. And the opposite of that is a diurnal animal, which is active during the day and sleeps or is inactive at night. Some animals don't sleep that much, so just being inactive. Sure. Um, and we are diurnal. We are not nocturnal. I am not nocturnal. No, <laughs> no. And even like if you work third shift, your body still isn't nocturnal. So you have to like force yourself to do that. Um, So there's also one other kind of animal which um, is active during the day and night, like a lion is like that. And they don't have like a regular sleep schedule, like awake and then sleep. They kind of like, you've probably seen it in your house cat 
kind of nap all the time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever so, the mood strikes. <laughs> exactly. So that's a third kind of thing. And there are other animals that are like that. Um, but um, most animals are either nocturnal, diurnal. Actually, most animals are nocturnal, which I thought was interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. The high, I mean, it's not, not like 90%, but it's more than half. So, um, so nocturnal animals generally develop special adaptations for nocturnal living. So some of them have larger eyes, mm-hmm. so they can see things in the dark and low light. Um, some of them have eyes that transfer really well to low light or high light, like cats are like that. Right, right. Um, and then sometimes they have uh, adapted senses of hearing and smell so that they can you know, hunt in the dark better. And then, um, there's one more thing, but we're going to get to that in a minute. And I have a quiz for me right now. Can you think of any (laughs) nocturnal animals? Just off the top of my head. Just off the top of your head. Possum. Yeah. That's one. Uh Raccoon. I already thought of that. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was good. Those those are my first two. That's those are your first two. Those are good ones. Those are good. Those are good. Um, so one really cool website that I found linked from our, um, Encyclopedia Britannica database that we have on our KDL website was called Active Wild. And so you can check out that website and it shows all the nocturnal animals, which was, it was a really interesting website. And then I, learned a lot about the different nocturnal animals and learned why a nocturnal animal might be active during the day. So here are the reasons. There's a few reasons. I'm ready. One might be disease. So Mm -hmm. if you see like a raccoon during the day and it's acting weird, like getting too close to you, you should tell an adult. But that's not the only reason. So if you see a raccoon, don't automatically be like, oh, disease. But if it's acting weird and getting close to you, yeah, don't go pet it. Shouldn't pet a raccoon. You should not. (laughs) No. So the other reason is that sometimes animals have a hard time finding food. Like if, if they're competing against each other or there hasn't been rain or something like that, then a nocturnal animal might hunt during the day just so that um, there's enough food. Because it's hungry. Right, exactly. Can't sleep. Can't sleep when you're hungry. Or like during mating season because like maybe, you know, they want to woo the ladies at night. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they have to hunt during the day. That's another reason. Um, and then... Uh, one other reason is that we have an impact on their sleep schedule. So like, you know, we can, we can mess it up where we're in the same places as them or if there's light pollution. So it's really light at night. So, you know, that messes up animals. So that is one reason why you might see a nocturnal animal at night. Um, here we go. We got another quiz. The second quiz. Oh my gosh. This time I'm going to give you the animal and you're going to say whether or not it's nocturnal, but don't worry. It's tricky on purpose. Oh, so no. don't worry if you get it right <laughs> or not. Worried. Okay. Bats, nocturnal or not? Yes. Yes. You're right. Bats are nocturnal. And actually, they're like one of the animals that is like truly only nocturnal. Okay. You're not going to see a bat during the day. If you do, then that's probably the disease yeah. part. And they are, they have that neat adaptation that we waited on, echolocation. So they make noise and then it bounces off different objects and then they know where those things are like food or other bats and that's how they find their food. They're pretty cool. Other animals do echolocation too, but bats are the coolest. I love bats. I I do. Okay. Ready for the next one? Totally. Gerbils. I would say they are nocturnal. Yeah, they are. But you know what? 
we've changed them because oh. they're pets, right? Right. And I personally don't want a gerbil in my bedroom, like running around its wheel while I'm trying to sleep. Well, you know, yeah. I grew up with a hamster and it was always the middle of the night yeah. that it would be squeaking and it's yes. a wheel running and running. Exactly. Yeah. So they are nocturnal, so they're going to do that. But you, as a your gerbil hamster owner, you can help them to be diurnal. Okay. So you like wake them up in the morning. <laughs> and I know, isn't that funny? That but funny. you can train them okay. to sleep at night like you do because they live in your house. I wish I had that pet. knowledge when I was eight. I know. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to like feed them in the morning and like help them to be active, play with them during the day. Uh-huh. So you probably have to train them during the summer when you're not at school. Sure, right? sure. And then they'll sleep at night when you do. Huh. I know. It's weird. We've done that with cats, too, because, you know, house cats, they're kind of, I mean, they're like lions and they just sleep all the time. But they're mostly nocturnal. But if you're around, they're around. Keeping them awake. Yeah, the exactly. Okay. So, so yes, they are nocturnal, but we have made them kind of diurnal. All right. This one is a tricky one. Are you ready? Yeah. Skunks. Um, I would say they're not nocturnal. So th- this is tricky. And scientists have actually studied skunks because they were also like, are they or aren't they? Okay. And and they're technically considered nocturnal. Okay. But they actually are like pretty active when there's still daylight out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of a weird one. Yeah. Scientists consider them nocturnal, but like you see them at twilight. Right. right. Yeah. And, and they do also come out during the day. And they're ones that often come out during the day during mating season because they're like, hello, I got to stink up this place. I I don't actually know anything if that's how they attract (laughs) mates. I think that's how they scare off humans, which, or your dog, your pet dog. Yes. So, okay. That's the end of my quiz. That was a good one though. You did great. Uh, Like two out of three. That's great. (laughs) And skunks are tricky even for scientists. So see, you got it right on. Thanks, Jill. (laughs) But let's just briefly talk about insects and fishes. So they're both part of the animal kingdom. And so, yes, they can be considered nocturnal. In fact, most insects are actually nocturnal. Like, think about when you go out at night and you're like, oh, crickets. Yeah. You can hear them in the summertime. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them are not. They're like in hibernation. And right. Like fireflies. Sure. Yeah, all yeah. those things. So insects, yes, considered nocturnal. And fish. Um, not all fish are nocturnal, of course, but there are fishes catfish are nocturnal well when i think about like my brothers going fishing like very early in the morning yeah that's when they were most active exactly the ones you want to catch right yeah they're most active that makes sense Mm -hmm. it does so the exciting part about deep sea creatures so my guess was that yeah no they're not nocturnal or diurnal they just live in the deep sea that's not true Really? Yeah, I know. I was so shocked to learn this. <laughs> so there are both nocturnal and diurnal deep sea creatures. Um, and yeah, they don't have light the way that other um, like freshwater creature, water creatures do or even other sea creatures. But there are like trickle down effects from the light. Mm-hmm. So like when it gets dark out, littler prey creatures will go deeper in the water to avoid nocturnal predators and so there's like clues for those deep sea creatures of what's happening and so they do have like a biological rhythm yeah yeah like sleep and awake sure depending on what creatures are exactly scurrying around down there right exactly okay so it's kind of that was I thought that was really interesting so they do indeed have a sleep cycle so I have one more thing that and 
this is going to be linked in the show notes, but when we were working on this badge in Girl Scouts, we took this nocturnal animal sound quiz on YouTube. <laughs> it was so hard. We all did really bad, <laughs> but it's really fun. And it's, it's a safe YouTube link. It's just like animal sounds. And then it will tell you right after what the animal is. So you can go and take this quiz too. And I linked it in the show notes so you can check that out and take it. Oh, I did so bad. <laughs> tricky sounds. It huh? was really tricky. Yeah. It's hard to tell what they were. And some of them, I, I didn't know that that was a nocturnal, like a hedgehog. I didn't know that hedgehogs were do nocturnal. they make sounds? They do really weird sounds. <laughs> I, no, I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. Some of them I recognize like a bullfrog. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's pretty distinctive. It is. Yeah, yeah but some of them were tough. So check that out because it's yeah. really fun. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Oh, I have a fact of the day. It, it's, it's time for the fact it of the day. It is time for the fact of the day. Wow. Okay, I have a new book here. It's got a beautiful cover. It's a DK book. It's called Our World in Pictures, an encyclopedia of everything. Wow. And it really is. It has tons of categories, but I have a space fact on the space page, all kinds of great pictures of real astronauts doing all kinds of things. But here's a sleep fact for you. Astronauts sleep in bags that are attached to a fixed structure to stop themselves from floating away. Like a sleeping bag. Yeah, sleeping yeah. bag, but like tied to the wall. There. tied to the there wall. There she is sleeping, tied to the wall. <laughs> Looks cozy. <laughs> I know. It's kind of weird. I think it would be hard to get used to sleeping. Yeah, I think so too. Like that. Cause it must really mess up your sleep cycle. I bet it being does. Being in space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they have, like, you know, um, you have like sun lamps some yeah, people have that like in the winter when it's darker I wonder if they have something like that I'm sure to help do. simulate light and dark because that right. really helps with our sleep right yeah oh. well that kind of leads into my question oh. actually are let's you, hear are it you ready I'm to ready that? yeah so my question also came from a Girl Scout troop is it your girl? my Girl Scout yeah, troop? Mm-hmm. yeah and they wondered how does polar winter affect animals so Let's talk about that a little bit because way up north, um, they have periods where there's no sun for for quite a while. And so how do animals adapt to that? Um, and also, they have periods where it's sunny all the time. The sun is out all the time. That'd be hard to sleep. It is hard to sleep. So here's a little fun fact is I had have a brother that used to live in Fairbanks, Alaska, and I went to visit him when my niece graduated from high school, and we were there, so it was springtime, and they were having all of the sunlight. It was almost 24 hours of sunlight. Wow. So, How did you sleep? Um, not well. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the room had darkening shades on it. Right. But it's... It really does um, kind of affect your sense of time. Yeah. Because we'd be just sitting around at the table chatting and, you know, you feel kind of tired and you think, oh, it's probably like eight, nine o'clock at night. And it'd be like 1130 at night. Oh, wow. And we would drive back to our hotel and not need headlights because it was that light outside. That is so weird. It was really, it was amazing. It yeah. was really a cool experience. It does sound cool. So... Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the length of daylight, um, up and Fairbanks is fairly close to the Arctic circle so that the poles have different 
um, amounts of light, you know, at different times of year. So the length of daylight is called a photo period. That's the name of it. Okay. So 24 hours of darkness or lack of sunlight makes it super cold and super dark, Mm -hmm. of course. So plants can't grow without the sun. And the lack of warmth means animals have to kind of figure out how to live through these periods of no sunshine. Okay. So they have some physical adaptations. Um, So some of the animals that live in that very cold climate, um, one of them is a musk oxen. And musk oxen have an undercoat that's eight times warmer than sheep wool. Whoa. I know, because I kind of think that's like the warmest kind of insulation. Eight times warmer than, I don't know exactly how you measure that. (laughs) I don't either. But it sounds amazing. Um, Reindeer, you know, some of our KDL branches have had reindeer come and visit. Yeah. We did not have them at my branch at the Amy Van Andel Library. We're going to have them. You're going to have them at Wyoming. Have Mm -hmm. you seen them before? Oh, yeah, I've seen them. I love them. Okay. Well, they have some really unique adaptations as well. So reindeer have a nose packed with blood vessels. And it actually warms the air that they inhale. Oh. So they're not breathing in that really super cold air into their lungs and into their um, into their bodies. Yeah. They're, it's warm before it goes into their system. Isn't that interesting? That is really interesting. I learned that. Um, they also, reindeer also have an eye adaptation that allows them to see more UV light than oh. than other animals eyes so like during the dark times right so it allows them to find plants that may be underneath the snow oh because they can see it interesting isn't that interesting yeah i thought that was super interesting wow that is really cool yeah so and one of the stories that my brother pastor joe in fairbanks alaska when he was living there said they had moose that would regularly sleep in their backyard oh, so they lived that's so in weird. a neighborhood like you might live in here in Michigan yeah um so maybe you might find deer in your backyard yep. um, sometimes we see deer um kind of bed down in in the woods and it but Joe said it was a mother and her babies and they would dig down in the ground so they were almost covered in snow and it would keep them warm right can that seems funny to me that yeah. you would be in the snow to stay warm. Well, think about when you make a little snow tunnel when right. there's like a it huge snowstorm. Out yeah, the outside keeps the air. wind out. Yeah, yeah. He said they would also use their teeth to strip bark off of the trees. Oh, um, and that was they would chew on the bark and they would chew on little twigs so they would know when they'd been through their yard okay. because they could see it on the trees and they could see their beds in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I think that was really interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. Um, so alternating their sleep patterns, their circadian rhythms is another thing that animals have to do when it's very dark. Mm-hmm. So instead of sleeping in the nighttime when it's dark and being awake in the day, they kind of sleep. We were just talking about that kind yeah. of in little chunks, okay. like they take naps throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so instead of one big sleep, they kind of just nap here and there. They eat and then they nap and then they eat. And then they nap. It probably keeps them safer from the cold, too. I would think so, yeah. yeah. Um, another um, winter animal is a, a rodent. Um, they tunnel under mm. the ground when you can still tunnel under the ground right. before it's frozen. And they live under there. They're, they're well, not hibernating. There. They're living. So yeah. they're feeding on 
seeds and other plants that may be under the snow, maybe that Mm -hmm. the reindeer might be able to see too, but they go underneath Mm -hmm. and live underground. So that's another way to combat all of that darkness and all of that cold. Yeah. Um, Caribou also have really rough feet. So they're, I guess their hooves are really rough and they can walk on snow and scrape lichens off the trees, the things that grow on the trees and they eat that. So that's what they eat when it's really dark and, and cold out is they eat lichens off the trees and they scrape it with their feet. Do they get skinnier? They probably get skinnier probably. in the winter, huh? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. yeah, it's not like it's not like bears that eat a lot and then they just sleep all winter. I right. mean, these animals are still surviving even right. when it's very dark and very cold. Alternately, they also have this extended sunlight time of the year too, yeah. which also kind of makes your sleep patterns funny. Um, so. Like when it's very dark, when it's very light all the time, they take little naps through the day and they eat and they get exercise and then they sleep. So they feed continuously because they know that those darker months are coming. Um, Extended feeding times, they have extended times to call for mates. So you hear a lot of birds all day and all night because there's no darkness for that. Yeah. Oh, um, they hardly I didn't think about that. They hardly That's sleep weird. at all. Oh, yeah. So that is actually it's something you might notice if you ever go somewhere. Right. Is you might need I don't know earplugs or something <laughs> because the birds never stop chirping. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. Really interesting. Um, Yeah, so there are lots of different things that the animals can do to make it through those cold, dark times, but also really enjoy those sunlight times as well. Yeah. Wow. I learned a lot. Yeah, that is really interesting. That that really makes me want to go to a trip there, but I think I would like the light time (laughs) and not the cold, dark time. Yes, I can remember when... Um, they were living up in Alaska, and they sent pictures of my niece and nephew, who were little at the time, using a flashlight to go out to the mailbox. During the day? During the day, because it was oh. just dark all the time. Yeah. Did they have to worry about, like, um, scary predator animals? Um, or Probably not so much where they were. Okay. I don't think you'd want to go out in the woods during that time. Right. But that they lived scary. they live in an in a neighborhood. Okay. So I think I mean they would definitely see moose. Yeah. And you don't They go wherever they, they want. They go wherever yeah. they want. <laughs> and they are enormous. Right. You give them their space. <laughs> give them their space. Yeah. If they want to take a nap in your backyard, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. go right ahead. Right. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So what have you been reading lately? Oh my gosh. I've been reading I've been reading quite a few good books lately, but I think the one I'm going to talk about um, is about a Mars rover, and it's called A Rover's Story, and it's by Jasmine Warga. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. This is the story of resilience, which the nickname during while you're reading the book is Res, and it's a rover being built, coded, and tested for exploration on Mars. So we learn about Res through journal entries where we see the human qualities the rover possesses, but the creators, Reyna and Xander, don't know that um, the rover has these feelings about them because the rover has no way to communicate with its creators. Um, But he notes their mannerisms. He knows the kinds of phrases they use when they're excited or when they're frustrated, 
And he even recognizes the music that they play when oh, they're working. That's fun. And um, phone conversations, um, he hears just their side of it. But he learns about their families, um, even though he can't communicate back with them. So Raina is one of the engineers that's working on Res. And her daughter, Sophie, plays a part in the story. She starts writing letters to Res as a way to express her frustration because her mom is always at NASA, is always working on this really important project. But when you're in sixth grade, your mom's not there. And that's what's most important to Sophie. Mm -hmm. So she realizes um, that mom's work is really important. But later, um, we see the progression of time through these letters. So they start when Sophie's in sixth grade, and they go all the way until she's an adult. Um, Rez does finally journey to Mars, accompanied by a drone named Fly, and they make amazing discoveries. They go over challenging terrain and ultimately seek out another rover that has lost its communication. That's why Rez was there, to go find this other rover. But Rez wonders if he'll ever be retrieved and go back to Earth because there's no plan to go retrieve Rez from Mars. So he's determined to collect a sample of something so amazing that NASA has to bring him home. And he can't wait for Raina and Xander to see what an excellent job they did creating and programming him. He really wants to make them proud. So I read this book in just a couple of sittings, and the way the story switches from Reza's viewpoint to Sophie's made the pages fly by. It it really reminded me of the movie Wall-E. I don't oh, know if you've ever seen that. Yes. Where the robot has personality. All of the robots in that movie have their own little they quirks do. and personalities. Yeah. Um, the way that Rez and the drone fly interact with each other. And there's a satellite named Guardian that kind of watches <laughs> over them. And they can they can um, communicate with other um, electronic devices. Okay, just they not even, with the people. Not with the people. They even talk to, <laughs> they talk to the phone, who's always very busy when oh. they're back in the lab. That uh-huh. part was kind of humorous. But <laughs> yeah, that is fun. Um, and Rez also talked to Journey, which is another Mars rover that was being built by NASA, but did not ultimately go to space. Okay. So they were being built and tested at the same time, but Journey never made the trip. Oh. So it was really heartwarming. It was fascinating, the dedication the humans had on this project, but also the determination of Rez to make himself successful. So this book is available in print as an ebook and as an e-audio book, which even after I've already read the story, I know how it ends, I kind of want to listen to it because yeah. I love audiobooks. Me too. And I can't, I, I would just love to hear Rez's voice. Yeah, especially this one seems like it would really lend itself to two audiobook readers. Yeah, so I wonder how they did that. I'm not sure if it's two narrators, but um, I kind of wonder if Rez has a robot voice or a a person voice. Oh, yeah. You know, I was kind of thinking of that as I was reading it. I wish I could hear him talking. Well, I put this one on my to be read list, and I I'm gonna have to test out the audiobook. So it was so good. Highly recommend. I thought it was amazing. I can't wait. Put that one on hold, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's gonna be great. So, what did you learn today? What's your favorite uh, thing you learned today? I learned. Uh, what did I learn today? We talked about nocturnal animals so much. Yeah. Uh, we learned that you can trick a gerbil into not being nocturnal if you play with it a lot during the day so that's what I learned today (laughs) that's good for your next pet gerbil right (laughs) 
<laughs> I think my favorite thing that I learned is about the reindeer's nose. Oh, That's yeah. That's so interesting. Wouldn't you love that? I mean, I just yes. think about when it's, you know, it's so cold outside that it hurts your face and yes. it hurts to breathe in and it makes you cough. Like, I usually, um, like, I'll go running even in the cold because I'm just dedicated. Right. But I will just wear or cover our first. Right. I, you know what? I actually a wear a, a mask. Yeah. yeah that works that, great. Your breath, right. Yeah. Warm, but right. reindeer, they already got that covered. They've got it covered. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, that's it for us today. Can you believe it? Thanks for all of your amazing questions and helping us learn more about our world too. For more info or to send us your own questions, head to kdl.org forward slash stump. Tune into the next episode where we answer more of your questions. Huge and special thanks to the KDL Programming Department, the KDL Marketing Department, J.D. Delinsky for our intro and outro music. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.